0: How's it going, everybody? My name's Davey. This is the Give Em Hell podcast. Just a few housekeeping things before we get started. Today's Friday. It's usually new release day. Uh, there's some random Tuesdays where new albums come out, singles come out during the week, stuff like that. But uh, there was an album that got released today before we ever start digging into the album that I am talking about today that I just wanted to let everybody in on. Uh, a band that I absolutely love from uh, Los Angeles called Spanish Love Songs released their fourth full-length album today. Uh, It's called Brave Faces, Everyone, and it actually came out on a really good day because what I'm talking about, uh, the album that I'm talking about today, kind of lives in the same wheelhouse. I mean, we're still still in the pop-punk realm and stuff like that, but for an L.A.-based band, Spanish Love Songs sound nothing like an L.A. band. If you like pop-punk, if you like good just really really solid songwriting and musicianship i highly recommend checking that out i just wanted to get that out of the way and you know just kind of put that in your put that in your sphere i mean i would eventually love to do um an episode on spanish love songs down the road uh but with this new album. Like, it came out today, and I've been listening to the singles since they came out and stuff like that, and it just, it's totally on, totally on par for them, and definitely worth a listen, and if you find yourself digging into the album that I'm talking about today, uh, this band is an awesome, awesome next step. Uh, With that said, uh, you know how last week I was talking about Uh, we're going to hang out with some basement music and go away from the coast and stuff like that. So I decided that we were just going to go about an hour and a half, uh, east of Indianapolis and hang out in the princess city of Cincinnati, Ohio. And I mean, if you've listened to my previous episodes, you hear me say Cincinnati a lot. It's not far. And when bands go on tour, they have a tendency to hit some really good venues over there. And, Not just the venues that came out from that, or anything in between. There is just some really, really good music that comes out of Cincinnati and Ohio in general. I mean, they have multiple cities with multiple music scenes, and they're all awesome. Uh, But today, I want to talk about The Dopamines' Expect the Worst. It was released in 2010 on Paper and Plastic Records. This is the band's second full-length LP. And uh, if you've never heard The Dopamines, a good way to describe them is American punk rock, uh, catchy, like, I mean, yes, you can say punk rock, but when you get down to it and you listen to it, it's very catchy, like pop punk, but it's not, it's not like, it's not pop punk necessarily. Like it's, it's not necessarily like, you know, what you would think of when you say like normal pop punk. I mean, they come from an era of just not sad boy trash. I mean, these were older guys writing very real songs about life. And, you know, this is a band that I've been listening to from very, very early on. Uh, And the older I've gotten, the more relatable this band has become. Uh, But just a little bit of background on the Dopamines if you're not super familiar with them. And I mean, this isn't a band that I would expect... A lot of the people that uh, I send this to or have listened to it uh, or the people that I know that listen to it to know. Um, but they, they're, they formed in late 2006. They had two original members that played together in a local band in Cincinnati called the Black Tie Bombers, while the other two members uh, were in a band called Ukraine Crane. Uh, together they formed the Dopamines and recorded a self-titled album in 2008. Between the self-titled album and Expect the Worst, the band played Insubordination Fest, and that set would eventually go on to become a live DVD. Before Expect the Worst came out, they also released a split with the copyrights called Songs About Fucking Up. And if you never listened to that, never listened to the copyrights, copyrights and dopamines totally live in the same house. I mean, we're talking about a class of music from this one specific era that does a really, really good job of just like hanging out together and like playing together as well uh, Because the dopamines are from Cincinnati, uh, they had a really big tendency of bringing out a band from Indiana, Southern Indiana. I mean, like, so far, Southern Indiana, the time changes. We're talking about Evansville, Indiana, and there's this band called Be My Doppelganger. And they are really, really good at just like rock solid rock and roll. Like, if you've ever listened to Biters, or like, if you like, uh, let me just pin it like this. If you like Slider by T Rex, if you like that album, you would like Be My Doppelganger. If you know anything about a band called The Heart Attacks, like, it's very 12 bar blues rock and roll and they would the dopamines would just bring them out constantly and also like in that like wheelhouse of just what whatever this era was whatever they were talking about i mean you're staring down bands like off with their heads the copyrights indirect hit and that's just naming a few like that's not even scratching the fucking surface um let's see here uh but yeah back in 2010, 2010 saw the release of expect the worst on paper and plastic owned by then drummer Vinny of less than Jake. And the album was recorded by less than Jake's bass player, Roger Lima and teen idols drummer who would eventually go on to join less than Drake. Now currently Matt Yonker. And this next one, like the album was mixed by Steven Egerton of the descendants. And I didn't know that. Like, that was just something that I was just like, you know, like how I keep constantly talking about like these threads that bring these albums together and stuff like that, like, or these bands that I listen to and stuff like that. Like, you know, I I knew about like Paper and Plastic and stuff like that and that it was owned by the drummer from Less Than Jake, but I had no idea Stephen Egerton from The Descendants had his hands all over this. And like, I know the guy's trying to build like his own studio in his house and stuff like that, but I didn't know he was touching albums like this. And... Color me fucking surprised. Um, but uh, the Black Tie Bombers, uh, before you know the Dopamines and stuff like that, the Black Tie, the Black Tie Bombers toured with the Queers, and uh, they went on a West Coast tour. Like they went all the way out to the East Coast, or excuse me, to the West Coast. They did they did that tour with the Queers. I think they had like one or two albums, something somewhere in the wheelhouse of that. But uh, they got back and like. They just quit playing shows, and like that—that that was uh, the band that John Lewis was in, and John Lewis is the lead singer of uh, the Dopamines. And the way that he describes it, if you have the opportunity, if you follow podcasts at all, like check out Anxious and Angry. It's a podcast that's done by uh, Ryan Young of Off with Their Heads, and he interviews uh, John Lewis and one of the other gentlemen from the Dopamines, and he's just like, yeah, well. Uh, we got home and just quit. It was it was done. Like that band had done everything that they wanted to do, and it just didn't really work out. But during that time, uh, the Dopamines had already uh, released one EP, so like they were good. That band was already rolling by the time Black Tie Bombers uh, had uh, called it quits, and I didn't really hear too terribly much about Ukraine Crane, um, which. You know, I I assume that they were a perfectly fine band, but something that keeps coming up in this anxious and angry interview is uh, booking shows at a place called Sudsy Malone's uh, in Cincinnati. It was a laundromat bar music venue and John Lewis would book there and like he was really really into like the Midwest punk and stuff like that and that's how he got to meet like dudes from off with their heads and just a quick little side note like not that it ever came to fruition or anything like that but uh back when I was very young like right around right around in this era of music uh I had been offered uh my band had been offered a show at Sudsy Malone's and I hated the name so fucking much. I hated the name of that place. I was like, I can't believe we're going to go all the way to fucking Cincinnati to play this stupid fucking venue without ever even knowing what it was. So I I think we committed to the show, and then something somewhere along the line... The show just the wheels just completely fell off. It was across the street from a bigger venue, so they would cancel shows constantly or push them later and later and later. But I mean, like this was a band that I was in when I was in high school. And I think that it was right around the time that I was in high school that we had been offered the show at Susie Balins. And I think it was on a week night. So I, we we had committed, but the something didn't work out. But hearing that name pop up again, it was just like something struck a chord in the back of my neck. I was just like, wow, really? Like it, call it, call it missed opportunities. Call it whatever you want. It was just when I heard that I was just like, no oh, shit. All right. Well, can't go back there, uh, because it's closed. Uh, moving forward, um, like I was saying, in two thousand and ten, the album was released on paper and plastic. And in this era, I had gotten really, really into like musician run labels and stuff like uh, musician run labels and, uh, you know, projects. And, you know, it's just like, you know, this goes with that, that goes with this, like whatever it may be. But at this time I was really into fueled by ramen and and paper and plastic and paper and plastic is the record label that released the Dopamines Expect the Worst. And, uh, Paper and Plastic, like, they've had their fingers on s- some bands that I've already talked about and some bands that I have it that I probably will talk about. I mean, they've put out Fluffo 56, The Have Nots, Red City Radio, Hellmouth, and Bad Ideas, and that's that's just naming a few. And I mean, like, Paper and Plastic is on such an uptick right now since Vinny from Less Than Jake has left and is now focusing on Paper and Plastic full-time. And I, I just think that that's great. Like, that is just... The if you look at the discography from Paper and Plastic it's really solid like you can tell just it's not like one of those like oh stick stick that there stick that there kind of record labels like that sounds good I like it let's put it on like it's not going to be like a straight edge hardcore band with a psychobilly band and stuff like that like everything definitely like you could hear all these bands going on tour together at some given point in time if you so chose uh, to do something like that with that said, uh, I didn't go too terribly deep on the Punk News uh, review today. Uh, I grabbed just a snippet, and Punk News gave it five stars. And yeah, I totally agree. And I'm I'm getting ready to go on a thing. If it's long, I'm sorry. If it's short, I'm sorry. Uh, but Punk News, like, bare bones stated... It would be easy for Expect the Worst to be nothing more than a bland one-note album about the onset of early adulthood, angst, and depression, but there are some key factors that keep it from being so easily classified. And I think something that has to deal with those so easily classified pieces are, holy shit, this album is dark. Like, this is all under the guise of, like catchy lyrics and stuff like that. And these are songs that I have been screaming for years and, like, just never really, really dug in. I mean, just one quick example before going on. Uh, One of the lyrics uh, that I snagged was, uh, "'Oh, how have I been doing lately? Wouldn't you like to compare? Well, since you asked, I'm clinically depressed. I lost my job and everyone thinks I'm worthless.'" I was screaming these lyrics in basements to nobody that I thought would, you know, I just. I, they they were catchy and they were playing with bands like Green Room Rockers and they were playing at a place called Halloween House, and this was a duplex next to another duplex. Like all together, it was two music venues. One was called Halloween House. The other one was called Moria. I had played Moria before. I had been to Halloween House multiple times, but. I just, it, it was one of those, like, you know, you know the choruses, like, you don't, you don't dig in that deep, like, this, the, you, the, the dopamines were so present in local music, just because they, just because they were from Cincinnati, it wasn't that hard, you didn't really think, like, oh, hey, this band that has Don't Beer My Gear spray-painted on their cabs is going to be, like, this super dark, like, coming of age band it was this fucking week like this fucking week i read every single lyric to every single song on expect the worst and i had this horrible feeling in my stomach i don't know how old these guys were when they started right when they wrote expect the worst but there are these horrible this horrible feeling in my stomach like i don't know how old they were but that is the person that I am. That is the person that I was. And it like so many, so many stories that they tell are just completely, completely like right fucking there with you. Like, you're just like, I have had that same fucking experience. You know what? Like there's, there's a, there's a lyric about, I'll, I'll never buy 30 Keystone lights it lights again. Like, yeah, no, I've, I've had that night. I know what that night looks like. And like you just see these things in your head. And it was, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot to kind of take on emotionally. But I think, I think coming to terms with that and reading all these lyrics made my research for this album so much better and i mean it's not like there's a ton of fucking research it's not like this band is like storied with all these big like mythos and stuff like that they're a regional band and now they have kids and like they just don't play out as often but god damn it when they do like it is totally worth going to see them i hadn't seen them for fucking years and like bear in mind like i'd mostly just seen them in basements like maybe i once once i saw them open for mass intruder in newport kentucky uh, above a sports bar uh, that they tried running a music venue in and uh, that was that was awesome that was that was a really really fun show because uh, I used to live with all women and one of my roommates was like that guy's kind of cute and that guy ended up being one of the guys in Masked Intruder the one guy that doesn't wear a mask it's Officer Bradford um, and he came over and asked if he could buy her a drink and then the next thing you know like Myself, my girlfriend at the time, my roommate, Officer Bradford, half the guys in direct hit, half a mass intruder, and most of the dopamines were over to a shot wheel and with a bartender who has no idea what she's doing and is definitely not ready for a Wednesday night to look like what this looked like. But that was, that was like them, me seeing them in like a venue venue. Like, and I think that was actually the first time I saw them in a venue. And after that, I think it, shit, man, it might've been four Maybe four years after that, four or five, after that night that I actually got to see them again, and I think a lot of it had to do with they played a a bar here in Indianapolis uh, that's no longer around. But my uh, the guy that ran the basement venue, Halloween House, not Moria, that was Nick Selm. This is Pat. Pat ran, or yeah, Nick Nick ran Moria. Pat ran Halloween House. So they played his wedding reception with another with a, with a defunct local band and you know I think I think they've like gone down to fest and stuff like that but you just don't see the dopamines that, that often and when you do like it is just so much fucking fun they are a band that you kind of you don't you don't have to know what you're getting into but the second like the second you see these people who know exactly what the show is about get into it and just like okay this is fine like this is what we're going to do it it takes you no time at all to just completely get into it. And I think that that's what makes it a better sh- makes them a better band. Because you don't have to know shit about this band. You don't have to know shit about this band. Their live show will catch you whether whether you're looking to be caught or not. Like And then one of the biggest pleasures that I've had, like, with doing this episode, like I said, was reading the lyrics. I mean, it is some of the most relatable shit that I have found, especially as somebody that's 30 years old. And, like, I'm not saying a retired musician, but it's been quite, quite a long time since I've actually gone out and played a show. Um, It's, it, it just... It resonates on such a different level. And I mean, like, where I, where I was in, like, 2008 and 2010 versus where I am now, you know, 10, 12 years later, like, I'm a totally different fucking person. And whether the people that I used to run around with in that day and age understand that, I don't really give a shit, quite frankly. But what I do know is, like, I have known about the dopamines for so fucking long. And I feel like a fucking asshole. For for taking so long to sit on Actually going through and reading The lyrics to this album Because I mean like I found Both Expect the Worst And I also found the album that they released after that Called Vices on the same day At Luna Music here in Indianapolis I bought them both And they were on rotation for weeks And I mean like I was just like running around my apartment Just like screaming the lyrics Like got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. I didn't have shit I have a goddamn thing. Like one of the most popular songs that they have in general is called uh, "Public Domain," and that's the second song on "Expect the Worst," and it's very easy, very easy to listen to. It's very, very catchy, and if you're not careful, you'll find yourself listening to it two or three times in a row because it is such a short, short song, but it's really fucking good. Uh, My personal favorite song on the album is called "Basement," and I mean. I told you we were going to the basement. This this band, like they they they, it didn't matter where they fucking played, but in the early years they were just touring around the fucking Midwest, playing basements, and no money, no money, no nothing. It, it, it didn't fucking matter. Like these dudes just loved to fucking play. They had the time, they had the availability, and they fucking did it. I saw these guys with some amazing bands, like when Moria and Halloween House both polished off their leases, they This huge huge quote unquote festival, uh one random Saturday where like one band would play in one basement, the other band would get set up. It was basically like going going to a real festival. So like you just saw like all these people like going from one side of the duplex to the other side of the duplex. And means played that, Copyrights played that, uh Shot Baker played that. And I mean it, this band has been so very so present in whether it be like me being in the local music scene here in Indianapolis. And I mean, like I'm not sitting here saying like, yeah, I go to shows every fucking week. I don't, I don't, (laughs) I work. I've got a dog to take care of. Like, I don't do it nearly as much as I used to, but man, when I was a fucking kid, like knowing that there were venues like that, hosting bands like this was so fucking worth it. And I mean like now, now like John, John Lewis has a kid and the band has released a, a, another album they released it a couple years god damn it the the name is escaping me they have released one more album though since vices um but uh john weiner one of the other guys in the band he owns Northside yacht club in cincinnati and if you know anything about that venue or don't know anything about that venue it's awesome like it's it's just a punk it's a punk dive bar uh, I I mean like I say I say punk dive bar like very loosely like I have whether it be through like Instagram or like looking at show flyers or something like that you see like they just they they do everything like there is no exclusion at this venue and it's really awesome but when I talk about this band's lyrics as a whole like if you ever get to see them like just understand or if you even decide like hey I I want to dig into this just like understand like it's not it like yes it does have its the lyrics do have their self-deprecating moments but take the fucking high notes because with elf, every self-deprecating line there is always like a pick me up it's just like you know what this isn't this isn't my finest moment but here's why it wasn't the worst thing i've ever done you take that with a grain of salt you keep moving forward and it just it just don't let me talking about how dark the lyrics get take away from how fun this band is I mean it is just a blast and a half and I mean like I don't have like the big room experiences uh, seeing the dopamines or anything like that What what I have are these intimate personal experiences where guys were selling PBRs to fucking 16 year olds for a fucking dollar like you know just making money hand over fist show up with a brick and just be like hey man stop reaching in there give me a buck like that kind of shit like that if there was a if there was any band that I would ever ever equate to like my time like in the basement scene of music or anything like that, it would absolutely be the dopamines. The dopamines a hundred fucking fifty times over. Because this band is just they are they are you trying to, like, their lyrics and their show and everything else is so accepting, so welcoming. It's just like, hey, let's figure this shit out together. Let's fucking get there together. And I know that this episode has just been a lot of raw emotion and just, like, you know, some personal experiences and things like that. But quite frankly, I don't give a fuck. Like, this band is totally worth checking out. Like, if you've ne- if you've never listened to the Dopamines, I understand that they kind of fly under the radar. Whether you pick up on Spotify algorithms or whatever, they have a tendency to pop up from time to time. I think, like, probably on like the copyrights and stuff like that. Like, not necessarily so much off with their heads. Like, once you hit off with their heads algorithm, you get a lot of like "dead to me" and uh, some other shit. But uh, you know, that's 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 not the point. Like, if you listen to the Dopamines there's a whole other world of music to listen to and it it is a genre like it, that's one thing that i learned like this the way that they write their music the way that they write their lyrics it's not just this one like flat out concept like there are bands that are like this there are bands where you can listen to these lyrics And, like, you know, we all, we all, fuck that. We all have those fucking bands where it's just, like, I understand that so much. But, like, if you listen to, like, Off With Their Heads Home, if you listen to copyrights, like anything like that, you start understanding that there is this whole genre of music that gets you like that has been where you fucking are. And it doesn't matter where you are now, whether you're doing better, whether you're doing worse, whether you need these albums to pick you up, whether you need them to get your shit together, they are there and they are available for you. And they are really, really fucking good. And they are all set to the backdrop of really, really fun music you can dance you can mosh you can just sit there and fucking cry with a lyric sheet if you want it doesn't matter it's all there and it's there for you you know what i mean we're not talking about some copyrights specifically like very very symbolism kind of thing uh but i mean that's that's not the point. Bands like The Dopamines and Off With Their Heads, they are so very very upfront with their experiences and their emotions. Like they, what they they don't try to hide anything from you. And The Dopamines expect the worst is probably my favorite. And I mean Vices, the album that they released after that, it's a total line drive. Like, it's totally in the same wheelhouse. But I didn't choose to do Vices today. I chose to talk about Expect the Worst, and I didn't do a great fucking job. Uh, I just t- chose to fucking gush about fucking music. Um, but Expect the Worst is one of my favorite fucking dopamine albums. And it just ta- it takes me back to a fucking time and place that I was so fucking happy. Whether it be, like, getting high in my brother's small SUV and, like, some dude, like with a fucking crack pipe on the corner of the bad side of Indianapolis. Just like, y'all have fun in there, didn't you? And then like going in and seeing this and like affiliating it with bands from here, from Lafayette, from Evansville, whatever, like local stacked local bills with the dopamine's headlining. It takes me back to a time and place in music that I was really, really, really happy to be a part of. And like whether I was a part of the scene or whether it was just in the crowd, it didn't fucking matter. The dopamines were very, very consistent and they still are very, very consistent on my turntable and things like that. And like, I understand that everybody's doing big boy stuff and, you know, you'll catch them, you'll catch them like on a bill at the fest or something like that, but like they're not playing out and that's completely fine. But also just understand if you're in Indianapolis and you're listening to this and you know me personally, like if you hear me talk about the fucking dopamines fucking hitch a ride with me. Like, let's go to Cincinnati. Let's have a good time. Like, let's let's watch these fucking 21-year-old 20 year kids throw a bunch of beer at a band that never asked for it. But they kind of did because that's just kind of the aesthetic that they created around their band. I mean, it's not a shtick or anything. It's just something that happened and just something that kind of stuck. And they're definitely a band. If you see, you definitely want to kind of be in the back 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 a little bit uh if you're not into that whole thing especially if if you have to travel and you don't want to smell like a bar um but the means expect the worst is a really 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 good album and it's it just it it makes you realize things without even thinking things and puts it in a way that's accessible to everybody and that is one of my favorite things about that album like it's not hard to grasp the concept of what they're saying you don't have to dig that deep if anybody wants this album like let me know like i i will loan i will loan you my my lp like i don't fucking care like this is an album that deserves to be heard and it doesn't matter by whom my name's Davey. give them hell Thank you so much for listening to my episode today. I know it wasn't a lot of. I know it was a lot of. It wasn't a lot of background information. It felt tight. It felt rushed. This, that, or twelve other things. But I, I do this in I do this in one take where I have to fill I where I have to fill as much time as I can without stopping. And if I burn through my notes, then I'm just running on pure energy. And I. I hope I didn't fuck anything up. I hope I didn't sound like an asshole. Like there was like this one story that I wanted to tell back when fucking John Lewis was in fucking black tie bombers talking about their old drummer eating fucking bacon, like on his drum throne, like he had two drum thrones and the other drum throne just had like microwave bacon on it kind of thing. Uh, I didn't do that. I, I didn't feel like it lent much to anything, but that is on the anxious and angry podcast and you should totally fucking listen to it because it's kind of funny as fuck there's also a story about him uh, about uh, john lewis and one of the other guys from the double means just uh taking a piss during fest at the bar uh on on the bar like in a crowded venue uh definitely definitely worth checking out again that that podcast is called anxious and angry and it's run by ryan young from off with their heads i don't really know have anything like necessarily planned for next week i didn't I wasn't thinking about it. Like, what I have on my board and what I've started doing research on doesn't necessarily, like, hold up to, like, next Friday's Valentine's Day. Guys, I release my episodes on Valentine's Day. Or I release my episodes on Fridays. Excuse me. I, I got to start reevaluating. I got I to find some sad son of a bitch record or some happy son of a bitch record. I start digging into. Uh, I've got a couple ideas in my head. And yeah, actually, you know what? I have one. I have I have one in my head. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna choose some bubble gum in Wisconsin. I, I I'm really really into that. Yeah, so we'll we'll choose some bubble gum in Wisconsin next week. And uh, again, like I say, every week, and I will continue to say every single week, I'm available if. You want to talk about this record if you want if you have questions about this band please reach out if you want my if you want to borrow my personal copy of this lp and you live locally please reach out i will want it back uh but like i always say i'm here i'm available i would love to hear your voices give them hell